welcome back to another episode of Final Voice Status. I will be your host for this episode. I'm really excited because this is actually the first episode of season three. I had to think because we have so many seasons because we're just that big of a show. Um, but yeah, my name is Lanson Lappin. I'll be your host this evening. And always, I am joined by two esteemed gentlemen whom I love dearly, but, you know, they get uncomfortable when I say that. Anyway, Adam Bone, Senor Hueso himself, and Luke Spooky Howder. Luckily, I am always uncomfortable, and so don't take it personally. <laughs> it's a well, baseline It's a baseline of existence for Adam. I don't think yeah. you understand that it's just his lifestyle. Fair enough. You know, so when enough. I get comfortable with you, that you should really think about your life choices, honestly. Like, like that's what do you what mean, Adam? Like. What's going to happen if you get comfortable? I I just might screw you, and there might be a demon ghost that follows you for the rest of your life. But what? Uh, I don't know. What kind of things, things, <laughs> what kind of things make you comfortable? <laughs> talking like a bubble bath, nice cup of tea. I'm just thinking internally when we talk about like levels of comfortability. I'm mm-hmm. going to I'm going to bring something up that the audience at home probably doesn't know. Yeah. But on this podcast are two people who have seen my butt and not only seen my butt, but saw it like fairly regularly. Yeah. Because I had a interesting tendency of uh, it was started by <laughs> started by a friend of the show, Seth Caller. But <laughs> he he had a propensity for sometimes mooning people. And I found that mm-hmm. really funny. So I continued <clears throat> the tradition. I was the only one. I have not seen either of your butts. Hold on a minute. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Kicking the season off right. <laughs> you got to go big, you know? Got to go. And with Lanson, it's always big. <laughs> Double cheeked up on a Thursday night. <laughs> and he's not giving us no wax, no wane. He's going with the, the full moon. Whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like the lycanthrope he is. <laughs> good to be back. Yeah. yeah good times. <laughs> it's funny that, like, we talk about this a lot, but like, I feel like obviously we enjoy doing this show, but I feel like this is also a good excuse for us just to like catch up and hang out as friends, just to be like, hey man, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> it's it's literally like it, <clears throat> it gives me something to put in my schedule. And if somebody mm-hmm. says, like, hey, are you available on Wednesday night? I'm like, oh, no. yeah, and I, I'm deep yeah. in production, season three, guys. I know. That's a beautiful feeling to be able to say no <laughs> to someone asking you to do something. On a Wednesday night, I tell you, the amount of times <laughs> I've had to do that, just like, sorry, guys, you didn't talk to my people in time. <laughs> there are times where I wonder if this is what adulthood is, like never yeah. having time to hang out with your friends unless you're doing a podcast. Jeez. That's and you right. have like a production schedule to keep up with. You're like, no, 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 no. I've blocked out three hours on Wednesday. <laughs> we are hanging out. <laughs> That's the only way. <laughs> so welcome back to Final Boy Status. If this is your first time listening to our lovely show or, you know, it's just been a while here at Final Boy Status. Pretty much our podcast is just dedicated to us getting together as friends, talking about scary movies and doing pretty much what you guys at home like to do with your friends, just saying, okay, how would I survive this movie? Or I would have done this differently, or I would have done this smarter. So, you know, just having a good chat. And boy, do we have a doozy, a doozy of an episode for you. We have the fantastic movie. I don't remember what year it came out, because I didn't do the research, and I'm just like, I'm thirteen. Nice. I'm nice. The research guy. The research man himself. But... 
the film that we are referring, or at least I should say I'm referring to, is It Follows. 2014. I lied. I'm so sorry. You lied to national television <laughs> that it was 2013. Adam? You come on the Jay Leno show and you besmirch us like this. If I've learned anything <laughs> from YouTube, what are you doing? I just got to stare at the camera and say, I'm sorry, and I'm good. And not even say, I'm sorry sometimes. Just say, this happened. I'm sorry you felt <laughs> you that. You can't way. be mad. <laughs> hey, uh, you big dumb, dumb baby losers out there. You guys said that I said something wrong. Well, I got news for you. I'm a white guy. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go right back to doing the same thing I've always been doing. And that's YouTube, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't man. remember if that's allowed on YouTube or not. I feel like I've done that before, and I don't think it was an issue. So it's probably fine. No, yeah, it's fine. You I've gotten a couple letters, but it's fine. It's nothing to worry about. <laughs> I've just said it to our team. It's, it'll yeah. fix itself. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh, man. So, Adam, just out yeah. of curiosity, you wanted What's to up? open it up a little bit. And like, why did, why did you want to do this movie, man? Like, what was the appeal? I have a story. So, in 2014, nice. I was, however old I was, 17, if I did 22. that quick, quick math, right? <laughs> no. I was 17 in 2014, and I was with a group of friends. Some of them it's code for had... Girlfriend. Uh, none of them were my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Some of them... Yet. Had... Sorry. Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> brought along... <laughs> We were at we were at Smith's and there was a red box and we were like, what should we get at Redbox? And I saw it follows and I was like, I heard that's a good movie. So we we got it and we brought it back to one of my friends' house. We played it in the basement. She had her 13-year-old cousin with her. And she was just hanging out with us, really chill. We didn't even think about it. We're like, Adam said this movie was supposed to be good. I had seen it before. We popped it in. The movie starts playing. After a couple scenes, this this 13-year-old girl is horrified, and she's hiding her face in her blanket, and we're sitting there. We're like, this was a terrible idea. But in our adolescence, we were like, okay, it's just the beginning. Like, it'll get better <laughs> through, as the movie goes on. Oh, no. So this 13-year-old girl <laughs> sits through the entire movie up until the end, <laughs> and she's probably still traumatized to this day. I mean, I haven't followed up. Yeah, I, I, I don't talk to most of those people anymore, but I, I hope she's okay. If it was me, I would not be okay because this movie's intense, especially for that <laughs> young of a person. But oh, I remember man. seeing it and being like, holy cow, that was a lot. The reason, this is all to bring up the reason I thought this movie would be great for this podcast is because it is kind of the, for me, the fundamental, how could I survive this movie? I remember after it came out and not a lot of people in my friend group had seen it, but whoever I did, we would talk about like, okay, like you're in, it follows. What do you do? And they're like, Oh, I fly across the country. I, I, I go overseas. We're, we're all talking with each other. The whole internet was doing this. It's just such a clever idea that just, that forces you to think, what would I do if I was in that situation, which is perfect for our podcast. So long story, but that's, that's why I chose it. I think it's uh it's a great movie to, see how we could survive and i'm very excited to see how you guys uh what your guys's takes on that are fantastic this movie is like the the original snail is coming to kill you meme right i don't know i don't know how online you guys are but i remember like the snail coming to kill you thing and 
I gave that way more thought than I should have. No, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. You're like the slow, steady, murderous, intense snail. I have to I have to say, Adam, you kind of landed on something I was thinking while watching this movie where it's like you watch this at 17 with a bunch of people that you you're not in their lives anymore. I remember thinking to myself while I was watching this movie, the most unrealistic aspect of this movie is expecting us to believe that at 19 or 20, you're still hanging out with the people you grew up with. (laughs) So, Adam, if you were to just kind of like short little snippet what you would find on the back of the DVD. How would you, just for the viewers at home, explain a little bit of what the premise of It Follows is all about? Absolutely. I will take a crack at it. Uh, So the premise goes, girl meets a guy. They're into each other. They've had a couple dates so far. Uh, They find themselves in the back of a car. They find themselves having beautiful, beautiful coitus. And (laughs) it was beautiful until you said that. Yeah. Well, it was beautiful until he brought out the chloroform, and <laughs> he, he chloroforms her, ties her up. He says, hey, you have the thing now. You have it. It will follow you. It's always walking, and when it catches you, it will kill you. Uh, and then she sees it as a fully nude, scary-looking woman. It's real. We, we saw at the beginning of the movie, it kills someone. So this thing is constantly following this girl until she has sex with someone else who it then starts following her, will kill the next person and then come back for her in this weird chain of, of sex and murder. You can Just, see that at the back of a Blu-ray, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Adam's memoirs, sex and murder. <laughs> So, you know, as we're, we've been talking a little bit just in general about the movie, why don't we just open it up? What what are kind of our general impressions? What do we like? What didn't we like? And just kind of kind of talk about that a little bit. Mr. Hottie Howder, what what did you think of the movie? Wow. Um, I mean, I think this movie is great. I think it's got a lot of strong qualities. I I think there are criticisms you could make of the movie that are valid. It's. But yeah, I, I think it's a solid, solid film. Uh, things that stood out to me this watch through, I, I have seen it before. Uh, so I'll just talk about this specific viewing. <laughs> things that stood out to me. Um, I read somewhere online that the director wanted the movie to have a really like dreamlike quality. And I think watching the movie through this time, I felt that really strongly more than I have when I watched it in the past. We were talking before the podcast started about how like the adults in the movie are always like just outside of frame or if their face is in frame, their face is like blurred. And that really is, there's like a dreamlike quality to that where it's like, there are oftentimes these like uh, (laughs) for, for lack of a better word, like you have these uh, extras in your dreams, right. That are like, you can't really remember their face. You can't, you don't have a sense of what they look like, but there were people who were like in the background of your dream. And then there were like the main players. I like that this movie did something to capture that. I like that time feels really mysterious in this movie. You have a sense that it's passing, but you have no idea how much time has actually passed. Maybe the script is not my favorite. I think the premise is cool. I think it's, very cool visually i think the script could have used another pass and particularly the characters probably could have used a little more work because i mean honestly if you like read me a description of one of the characters they would all be identical it's like ah they grew up in detroit i don't know like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what to say about the characters 
yeah, I'm going to go ahead and kind of cut myself off there. I want to leave everybody else something to talk with. So I'll say strong oh, visuals, really cool concept, uh, maybe second pass at the script. And I really liked the dreamlike quality because that's something I was paying attention this time through. There were a lot of things that reminded me of what it feels like to be having a nightmare. So I appreciated all of that. And I'm going to go ahead and pass the buck now. Right on. Mr. Adam, what uh, what did you think of the movie? I'm receiving the buck from Luke. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, to echo what Luke said, I, I love this movie. I think it's awesome. I think the strongest points are the atmosphere, the scenes, like the tension building, the concept, the script. I also agree was left a little to be desired. I, I will say, uh, just so I'm not copying everything Luke said, uh, I think the strong point for me was the main girl. She had enough personality for you to care for her. And I think she's really the only character you really care for because you can tell she's just a nice girl that is, uh, I, I don't know if she's a teenager or she's just young and she's trying uh, to live life and she's in the middle of this thing. Luke's she's coming 19. In 19. She's, yes. So everyone, sorry, sorry. Jay and Greg are 19. Everybody else is 18, and then Hugh, the guy that bones her and gives her the demon, is 21, according to what I read online. So that could be not true, but it was online. <laughs> Everything online is true in my book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll, I'll say that her character I liked. I liked her. She was a good enough protagonist to follow through. I never wanted her to die. I never, not that she always made the best decisions, but I think she she was empathetic. Everyone else, I didn't care for. There's all these moments where it's like, ooh, this character is looking at this other character all seductively, like, ooh, I want some of that. And I'm like, I don't, like, I'm not feeling this. I do not feel the sexual tension between them at all. It, it's pointless. However, it didn't drag me out of the movie too much because I think most of this movie is those slow building scenes where you're like, is it coming? Where is it at? Who is it? And that's really where the film shines. And I think that's, what you're going to remember after leaving the movie, you're going to forget about the characters in the script, but you're really going to remember um, looking over your shoulder and saying, is that it? Is that it? And that's, that's where it really shines. So um, those are my two cents. Very nice. Yeah. And I mean, let's see, I, I'll probably just copy both of you guys. Cause I, I just basically piggybacking off you in this podcast. Ugh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> Get that backpack ready. Um, Oh my goodness. Yeah, but um, I really enjoyed the movie as well. I think, yeah, some fair critiques on the characters in the script where it's like, okay, let's uh, move on to the next thing, eh? All right. (laughs) But um, overall, one of the things I do like about it is that you have kind of, and we'll get into this more as we talk about the antagonist, but you have kind of a supernatural antagonist set amongst just pretty regular people. I think something that, and I find that refreshing, I think something that is kind of the opposite of that is like the movie Predator, where you have like these extraordinary people that are facing this extraordinary task. But I think it it makes a movie more interesting where you have like, no, this is just a person living their life and, and some supernatural force comes into it. So I thought I thought that was a really interesting concept. Um, yeah, I would definitely say the atmosphere of the movie, even in the moments where you're supposed to be kind of put at ease, there's still like that 
background of dread where you're like this is slowly coming but like something mm-hmm. something bad is going to happen you know it there's could be never... a couple miles away but yeah. it's it's on its way <clears throat> I felt exactly that. so there's never like uh, a moment where you just get a break there's always like a constant slow sense of dread um throughout this movie which i think really really does a a, a favor to the movie so yeah but overall i thought it was good it's a solid horror movie and i think this movie just kind of makes me think of how much of like the horror genre there is and like how much we've kind of just scratched the surface because i feel like just to take modern action for example it feels like a lot of what we're trying to do is copy john wick which i love john wick but you know you kind of know going into a movie what what's trying to be produced but with horror it's like you never know what you're gonna get and i feel like this is a very good representation of that and just shows how diverse a story um can be in the horror genre so yeah i i i feel like the conversation i always have about this movie is when you hear the premise you think a really crappy b movie like yeah a movie made in the 80s that you're like oh that didn't age well uh Ooh. <laughs> um like hearing the premise sounds like not a great movie and this movie again not to like hold it up as a perfect thing i have plenty of stuff that i'm sure i'll critique as we talk about character and his characters and decisions and all that but like the thing i always come back to with this movie is it's like man i have a lot of respect for somebody who takes a pitch that sounds terrible but is just really dedicated to the story of it and they make it work. I mean, spoilers, I guess, for some people out there for Midnight Mass uh, on on Netflix. But like when you hear the pitch for that show, doesn't it sound like so goddamn terrible? You're like, oh, a guy thinks a vampire is an angel. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then you watch it and you're like, wow, this is incredible. And I feel like I have the same thing with this where I'm like, oh, there's like a monster that's passed through sex. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. That's a fun little concept, I guess for like a Friday the 13th style movie. And then this movie is just totally in like a league of its own, which I, I have a lot of respect for. So my criticisms that are incoming aside, I want to say that I have a lot of respect that this movie had a wild pitch but then they tonally played it very straight and were very careful about. I like that it wasn't in their head campy. They knew like the, the director knew what he wanted and he went and did that. One more thing I got to put in the positive column. I was, I didn't want to bring it up because I was sure one of you guys would bring it up, but uh, I love the soundtrack of this movie. The it score is, is so good. So distinct. So cool. And uh, apparently like it had like a full like vinyl release and everything so like you can track down that <laughs> you can track down that score on like spotify i'm sure like check it out it might give you anxiety but it's really good <laughs> but it's it, good all right so kind of departuring away from just kind of general thoughts getting more into the meat of this podcast which is survival let's kind of dissect our antagonist usually you know if we're taking like a slasher movie uh for those that at home kind of the format of our podcast usually like in a slasher movie there's a killer that's not always the case in all horror movies but there's some sort of an antagonist that we like to talk about their strengths their weaknesses just kind of you know what 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 you're up against in a in a horror movie so let's just kind of open the floor up and talk about the antagonist of this movie i'd like to say that i think this antagonist is a 
it's almost a near perfect antagonist in my opinion just because there are plot holes like there there are things you go like i don't know about that but i think even the best antagonist we do that with michael myers we're like i, I, I don't know like i feel like this one has those moments but it's still ambiguous enough that it doesn't feel that that it feels mysterious and spooky and and out there but it has specific rules enough that it feels real and like it's actually happening and i think it like it's it's perfectly scary in that way where you're like okay it can look like anybody it can be in a crowd it sticks out a little bit because it's always naked i guess but um it's it's consistently uh, consistently yeah. naked because i don't know it's a sex demon so it's on brand <laughs> for it but i i will point out this is this is maybe a bit of a wormhole to jump into but like yeah he said it could be like a random face in a crowd to confuse you and the implication there is like you're in a crowd of people and it gets you there so like what does it look like to everyone else in the crowd when this thing fucks you to death in the middle of like a crowded space <laughs> i would pay good money for the sequel let's see that <laughs> show me granted like nobody else in the crowd can see the entity so i think that right. helps right it, yeah right. it's like well it was self-imposed i the, <laughs> the thing is because the, the chick at the beginning her leg was snapped the wrong way like it's crazy yeah. i don't know i think that's the one kind of weird thing about the antagonist <laughs> is if it is a public place not that anyone would be able to figure it out, but I think there'd be a lot of questions and a lot of people, a lot more like authority figures looking for it than than are seen in this movie. I think it was brought up before, but yeah, it definitely is something that is based in the physical world, even though you can't see it. It's not like a ghost where it can just like go through walls or like can, you know, just go through matter or whatever. Like it, it legitimately has to to be confined by obstacles of our physical world to like, for instance, when it tries to get into Greg's house, like it has to break the window and then like it bangs on the door. So, you know, there's a if we're considering survival, there's at least a way that you could create some sort of an obstacle to slow the creature down. It's not like it's just this, you know, omnipotent force that just goes where it pleases, you know. Yeah, you um, can slow it down because, you know, yeah. guns doesn't kill it, but guns, it does there's blood spatter, you know, they yeah. fall down for a second, maybe. So it's, yeah, right. physical things do can be obstacles. I think that's a good point. I feel like the biggest thing I can contribute to this conversation is honestly just a quote from Predator, which is, if it bleeds, we can kill it. So I think this thing bleeds. There has to be a way to destroy it. It's just freaking Scooby gang in this movie can't figure out how to do it. They didn't it. crack the code, man. They didn't, they didn't crack the code. They didn't take off the mask. Yeah. Like Zoink Scoob, there's like a sex <laughs> demon after me. Bro, <laughs> Raggy. Looks like you're running have, have to have a Rex. Get rid of this. Uh, to, to add another thought to this overarching yeah. conversation, yeah. Uh, in, in the favor of the It Follows Ghost, um, and it doesn't ever do this, but the guy at the beginning very clearly states the well, it does do this in in a way, but it's like the the ghost can take on the form of people you know yeah. or love to get closer to you. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, in this movie, every time it's appeared, they've known for the most part that that's the thing. But this thing yeah. could just look like your friend and knock on your door, and you're like, "What's up, friend?" And I I guess it did do that with the mom. How it got yeah, Greg about that part? How it got so. Greg? 
but that's that's a big i think that's a big check in its box where it's it's uh it's gonna be difficult to to know it's coming like i feel like in a lot of the sex cases that we didn't see uh kind of the prequel to this movie people had no idea they had this they until they were getting fucked to death so oh my gosh I mean, <laughs> sorry so you said we were going to circle back to q being kind of an asshole like mm-hmm. you no know, he specifically at one point says to jay like during that really fucked up scene where he chloroforms her and then ties her to a wheelchair, which is like terrifying on its own, terrifying yeah. on its own. Absolutely. He says at some point during that scene, like I'm telling you this because I care about you. Like when I heard that this watch through, I had a really creepy feeling of like, what about the girls he doesn't care about, you know? Right. And so like, and I mean, in the end, what got Greg is like, he was a non-believer. Think about all the people who just maybe don't know. Again, super douchey guy, but the fact that he was like, hey, I'm explaining this to you. I'm like, hey, that's something, you know. There's a lot yeah. more that could be said about that, but we're not talking about the characters yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. No, 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 no. We got to save that. Save it for the next dish. Uh, there were just like two things as far as the antagonist that I wanted to bring up that I thought about this watch through. Um, one of them is that the antagonist has some sort of level of awareness and intelligence like for instance when they have the idea of like drawing it into the pool like instead of just getting into the pool like the thing starts throwing stuff at at jay so i don't mean that could just be instinctive but i think perhaps there is some sort of level of intelligence there where it can kind of see through some traps i'm not saying it's getting its phd maybe it is i don't know maybe that's the the whole reason <laughs> that's the real reason it was at jay's college <laughs> sex demonology phd <laughs> and that's a little license even the what you brought up earlier where it uses the rock to break the window like that's such mm. a simple thing but it does show there is intelligence it knows things about windows it knows things about pools like it it's break. it's been around <laughs> It's hard to feel a sense of urgency when you see somebody just like lackadaisically walking towards you. Like a great example is that really the the, the beachfront scene, right? The first one where they're all up at the cabin or whatever. Yeah. And you see What's-Her-Face walking towards the beach and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. whatever, that's What's-Her-Face. And then there's that brilliant reveal where it like cuts to the reverse and you realize that What's-Her-Face is actually swimming out yeah. in the ocean. And you're like, fuck, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> so there is like benefit to that, right? Because if you see your friend walking towards you, like, oh, whatever, that's my friend walking towards me. Versus if the creature was like always sprinting, you'd get like a get out moment where there's suddenly just somebody sprinting at you and you're like, the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gross. Yeah, like, but yeah like if i like looked somewhere and was like is adam walking down the street towards me that's weird i didn't know he was in town or whatever versus if like a creature that looked like adam was sprinting at me from down the street i'd be like fuck something (laughs) something's terrible (laughs) something's terribly wrong here's here's something i want to define with you guys there's a scene they're driving Mm. away from the house it's an old man again fully nude standing on, roof, on a yeah. roof not moving yeah. and i wanted to pick you guys' brains because in that moment i was like why isn't it moving like isn't it always supposed to walk slowly like is it's it actually realizing... not the creature it's just some guy maybe it's not <laughs> even the creature mr peterson get down from there i'm letting it air out <laughs> thought i saw my paper up in the gutter it's I real thought hot that's... 
I thought that's where you were going, Adam. I, I, I wish him. I was. I wish I was. But no, <laughs> I was just saying, hmm, it can stop sometimes. Why does it do that? I would, but yeah. that's a good explanation. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't know. So maybe yeah. there's a way to make it stop. Maybe. I don't know. I don't maybe know. it's kind of like the whole mind games of it taking the form of somebody that you love. It just kind of, I don't know, likes to play with you a little bit. So, like, obviously its goal is to kill you. But, you know, along the way, maybe it just kind of stops and smells the roses naked on a roof you know what i mean Maybe. well hugh hugh does have a line right where he says i swear sometimes like the form it picks is just to mess with you mm. like right. it has a sense of clearly this creature has a sense of like what form would look innocuous to you but it also like appears to just be cool with freaking you out i mean that super tall guy it looks like sometimes is pretty freaky yeah. the little kid that stick yeah. like the jump scare in the movie mm-hmm. so like just to scare him yeah so fair to say that sometimes it does something just to like freak you out and arguably like there's a place for that because the girl at the beginning gets so freaked out that she just lets it kill her on the beach like yeah. so it is it is kind of like a strength and i mean i think anything that wants to play around with you i think it can be a strength and a weakness at the same time because in that case again he wasn't walking which is a it's not a big deal because he's still gonna walk but it is a moment where you're like ah he does he's not always walking towards me i guess i don't know well it's small like we talked about like it is bound by like the physical rules of the world so if you built a safe and like like inside of a friggin' dam that's like you know 15 football fields of concrete and you locked it inside you know like i don't know how easily it gets out of that i'm assuming it will tunnel through the concrete and get to you somehow because claw through it because the director <laughs> decided this thing is like stupid op so like i'm assuming it gets out eventually but like you know burying it at the center of a giant block of concrete that's got to do something right that's got to buy you at right. least like a year <laughs> Yeah, you'd hope. Yeah, <laughs> like we said, it there's obstacles, and I think that is its biggest weakness. I, mm-hmm. I can't think of anything more. Yeah, we just got to get it in distance, put plus... a funnel in its mouth, and then just pour concrete. <laughs> 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 then you can always hear it, it can never sneak up on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put a bell around its neck, <laughs> just those Coke cans. Just <laughs> <laughs> incoming lasso yeah here's another thing can you mm-hmm. do the invisible man thing where she dumps paint on it you know how well, they, the, the, the yeah curtain? they do the sheet yeah they can do you just dump some paint on it i don't know no maybe if it changes forms will it go away i don't know i mean you know you put the paint on it but then it walks along the uh, bottom of the ocean to get to you so yeah. the paint washes off you know that's why you put flex seal Foiled on that again. bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Show you the power of flex seal. Checkmate. Show you the power of flex tape. We taped the entity to a door. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. It's like a college prank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Goodness. Oh, goodness. So... As far as, unless anybody else had something to contribute about, like the antagonist, this might be a good good segue to get into actually talking about our characters, some of their choices, some of the things that we liked, some of the things we didn't like. So 
why don't we kind of move into our characters, the actual victims of our of our movie? Well, Adam held up a finger like he might have one more thing to say about the creature. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's really important and Good. A, a really big deal. Mm -hmm. If it changes forms, it gets larger and smaller legs. And so if it's a kid, it will walk slower. I will. I was actually going to point out that like its walking speed depended on which form it took. Because like, yeah, when exactly. it was Greg, that thing actually moved pretty quick. Like he was like power walking. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. You wouldn't be able to, like to get a good sense of it. You know, like you Ooh, could. Maybe that's a strength that you couldn't time it. Yeah, mm. like I think that's Ooh. a point in its favor because if you move, because if you go like 500 miles away or whatever, and you time how long it takes to get there, and then you go. 500 miles in the other direction time it again it wouldn't be the same it would be vastly different kind of getting more into characters what are, what were some good choices some bad choices some things that were like yeah, that was cool, or that was not so cool. What do you guys think? All right. I've been holding on to this for a minute. Good. Let it rip. Little, yeah, I was going to say Let it loose. Let it rip. <laughs> Can the men in this movie stop being so goddamn horny? Never. Dude, they're all horny. For like dogs. three minutes. Oh, my gosh. I know. Greg's like, you broke your arm. Let me give you some sexual healing in this hospital bed. Paul's Literally? like, why didn't you choose me? <laughs> Paul's like got the cafeteria tray with like the jello outside of the room. Just fucking guys, I hate you. According to this shot that leads up to that, there <clears throat> there's a large window in her room that they can that anybody out in the hall can fully see into her room and they know oh, what's man. happening. Well, that's the thing. They're talking afterwards and they're all like, Did you see it? Like it, it, I I guess it was part of the plan a little bit too, but I don't know. I have a, a specific scene that kind of bugged me. So mm -hmm. um there's a scene where she comes down the stairs. She's like, oh, I, I can't sleep by myself. Can I come sleep by you? And then they're talking. Boom. Broken window. Uh, and Paul's like, I got to check on your sister. And he just goes upstairs. Like, he checks out the window. He's like, wow, no one's there. I better go upstairs and leave you alone for three yeah. minutes. Dude, yeah. Like, his line is literally, uh, well, whoever broke it probably ran out. Yeah, because I'm just going to break them. a window and then run away. So I mean, he goes upstairs and she slowly walks into the kitchen and he's up there for like a long time. So again, I am not convinced he cares about her at all. He just probably. wants to get into her pants. Yeah. Probably just but, taking a dump because he's so freaking I horny. will point out that like Hugh says one of the rules of the creature is that only Jay will see it. And mm. we know from previous scenes that she knows this is true. Yeah. Because like when she's at the college and the old lady's walking towards her, she asks other people like, you, you know, she's it? like, do you see that? And yeah. everybody's like, no. So, like, she knows that's the rule. And then Paul goes in and is like, I don't see anything. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, of course he wouldn't. <laughs> that's how it works. But even if, even if he didn't, like, uh, it's just weird that he's like, I'm going to leave you alone now that you're traumatized and possibly schizophrenic. I, I just want to add on to this scene because this whole scene, even though it was a terrifying scene and with scary movies, I always give it the pass if it's scary, whatever. But she then runs upstairs, which I always think anyone who's running away from a monster are like, 
I'm going to run upstairs. You're basically cornering yourself. So I thought that was another stupid decision. Her friends are up there. So maybe she was worried about their concern, but the scene didn't really read that way. It's like, go out the front door, get in the car. Like you, you do a lot in this movie, drive (laughs) while get on your bike. Like you do later. But instead she's like upstairs locking the door. I'm safe, which the logic doesn't make sense to me. Hugh might have like the best survival instinct out of anybody we see in the movie who is being followed by the entity. Because, like, we see the house that he stays in, which is, like, rigged up to, like, he would know if somebody's coming. Um, Literally, as soon as he passes it on to somebody, he apparently skips town just to, like, buy even more time. And telling her, giving her the lowdown was almost a way of making it longer because she's running away from it. So, like, that almost buys him more time, too, which is interesting. Well, and he, there also is something interesting where he says, like, he has rules about it, right? Because he tells her, like, never go somewhere with only one exit. And then when she turns up on his doorstep, he's like, you should never be, like, you should never have multiple of us in the same place. Yeah. Like, he set up his own, like, rules and systems. And I think that that's logical because Jay is a very sympathetic protagonist. And obviously, like, I made the mistake of going online. And I know that this movie is, like, you know, a metaphor for, like, other things <laughs> so like what now that i know like the the larger metaphor at play like her character hits different when i watched it this last time um so she's she is very empathetic and very relatable but she is kind of always just flying by the seat of her pants yeah and like exactly i don't know like she gets good advice along the way um and doesn't really do anything with it i feel like I mean, he even tells her, he's like, I feel like you know, he even tells her, like, if you drive somewhere, that gives you some time to think um, and kind of come up with a game plan. And we see her consistently just drive places and get far away and then just, like, sit around. Like, <laughs> like they go to the cabin, and I guess she learns how to shoot a gun, and that's the most preparation that happens. Other than that, they just wait at the cabin for it to show up. <laughs> um. So, yeah, like, I I don't know. She's not an unlikable protagonist, but there is that thing of, like, at least have a plan, you know? Like, yeah, her thing is just constantly, I will go here. And then she goes there and just, like, waits. I don't know. Yeah, good point. It's fair. So, yeah, criticism of her and criticism of both Greg and Paul, especially Paul, because he totally, because... Greg doesn't buy into it. So like when he has sex with her and then he dies, it's kind of like, well, but he never bought into it. So I get why that happens. Yeah. Paul has sex with her fully knowing and fully believing and having witnessed like the power of this thing. Like, look, here's the thing guys. Yes. Believe it or not, I can, I can get horny. And a lot of people don't seem to believe that about me. I don't really know what the deal is with that, but I don't think I've ever been horny to the point where I'm like, this girl has a sex demon chasing her. But I still got to hit it. Like, (laughs) I don't like I have verified for a fact there is a supernatural entity trying to kill her. And if I have sex with her, it will also try to kill me. Worth it. I don't. mm, I, I mean, worst case scenario, have a relationship with a girl that's entirely sexless i if you really love her i don't know here's a here's a here's a wormhole 
you know, here's <laughs> sex as in its full form. And here's a platonic relationship. Where's the line? You know, where is, is a, for me personally, no, no, for <laughs> when the demon comes to kill you, like, is, but is, I would also like to know that Luke, if you could say that on camera, my person, <laughs> just for our personal, uh, just for my notes. Yeah. It, oh, so what, what is the line for me personally, when a relationship goes from platonic to sexy, something else? Yeah. I guess a conversation happens in which we agree we are no longer friends. We are partners. <laughs> All right. The DNR. I like it. Yeah, the yeah. DNR. DTR. Sorry. DTR. <laughs> that, DNR. That was Department of Natural Resources has to get involved. I was thinking yeah, DNR, like do not resuscitate. Yeah, I was like, that's I, very telling about what Adam thinks. That's of my relationships. job. That's, that's uh, actually right. my job. I work. So DNR would you put DTR. a, would you put a DNR on me? Yeah. Uh, so I guess we're in a relationship now if you're that much power <laughs> over me. What I mean, here's what I mean. Mm. Does a condom work if you do it in other holes and stuff? You know, I'm I'm just saying, like, oh, yeah. again, if you're horny, maybe there's an alternative to getting the demon. Yeah, <laughs> Paul could have been, like, deeply in love with her and been a pal and just, like, jerked her off. Like, yeah, and been perfectly just, safe. He's a giver. He's you know? safe, you know? There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I also thought about this. I this is this is truly terrible. But part of me is like, like hospital sex. I don't know that he would have had a condom ready to go. So I was kind of thinking, like, I don't know if you wore a condom, maybe you don't get the sex demon. <laughs> like, warded. <laughs> Why only maybe the biggest rubber? Maybe the biggest criticism I can levy against these characters is that they don't believe in prophylactics, like. I, I don't know. Uh, I so I did think about that. I I mean I assume, and this is a whole like, is a whole other thing, right? But like, it can't just be like straight P and the G contact, right? Yeah. That causes it. It's gotta like be because something. suddenly, like the entire LGBTQ plus community is safe, and the, I want. <laughs> I They're gonna just to rule famous. the world after this sex demon kills all the heteros. Yeah. It ravage yeah. like it it ravages the heteros and just gets rid of them. Um, but like, I don't know. Like, that's that's an interesting thing to. Mm. I, so I guess the best way to defeat this creature is just be gay? Question <laughs> mark. It comes up to actually. You know what? I I I I meant to. <laughs> you know. I'm, I, like I'm the, I really support you, so I'm an ally. Just like it's slowly, thing. like, hey, just a slow like, thumbs up, and then it turns around and walks away. <laughs> slowly it's walks like away how the, like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> it's like how the Babadook director revealed that the Babadook is a gay character, and you're like, does that what? What does that do? Like, how does that change the character? I, I mean, like, <laughs> good for them, but also like, what does that do for the story? <laughs> Like the Babadook was always a gay icon. I think we can say that very confidently, even before the confirmation came. But there is yep. that part of you that's like, how does that change them as a monster? Like, yep. I will only go after single mothers who were in straight relationships. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like that's an interesting question too. Like, where is the line drawn? Where is like, the line? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like it would suck pretty hardcore. Like, if you gave a, like 
say she didn't have sex with you say she just like gave him a handy in the parking lot and then the sex demon came after her like first of all that handy was not a pleasurable experience for her it's all work like it's just wrist action so that's like not fun and then at the end of that she has a sex demon chasing her like that's bullshit you know i'm calling bullshit on the patriarchal sex demon um (laughs) so i i don't have an answer for that i feel like I, I don't know. I feel like if I were to weigh in, I'd say fair is fair. Like, um, I'd like to know where you're going with this. <laughs> if I were, if I were to weigh in, I'd say fair is fair. This sex demon is equal opportunity. Meaning that, uh, if you have the sex demon and you, uh, no, I got nothing. I started it. <laughs> I was on a locomotive and I was building the track as I went Buster Keaton style and I've yeah. got nothing. I don't know where the line is. I'm just, look, I explained very clearly at the beginning of this, the sex I have is all in theory. So like <laughs> in terms of the practical application of this, I, I don't know what to tell. I, I it, it, it all just gets complicated too quickly, you know? And I'm yep. just, yep. That's just it. That's that's just it for me. So nice. I don't think there's an answer to that question. I do think, uh, you know, I think it just leaves the potential of you don't have to not you don't have to live a horny life. If your girlfriend has a sex demon, you can still find fulfillment in other places. Yeah. So that's a that's a pro. There you go. (laughs) I mean, like. I don't, not to be like super like pessimistic or anything, but I just kind of want to have a discussion with Paul where I'm like, everybody has somebody they knew in high school that they thought they were in love with. And there's a remarkable thing that happens as you grow older, which is you figure out, nah. Then you're like, why did I get a sex demon with this girl? <laughs> you're going to, yeah, you're going to bring a you're sex gonna demon really into this. regret that. <laughs> For a girl oh, you man. kissed once in a public pool. Yeah. Come on. And you tried to kiss again and she rejected your kiss and then you got laid somehow. She slept with know. your neighbor. Yeah. And he died. And this is not a good it's not gonna last long. I th- I'm with you. I'm a little pessimistic <laughs> about that working out. Yeah. Like I said, I think the biggest bummer about reading up on this online is that like that's supposed to be like an optimistic relationship. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Not really. It's gonna end in three months. <laughs> Oh, goodness. When they both die. Yeah, when they're both killed by the demon. <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird threesome with the sex demon. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the way to vanquish it. Everybody tried to face it alone. What you really got to do is just like run a train on that bad boy. <laughs> it's done for. You know what I mean? Oh, my, I'm just imagining. The full this. Eiffel Tower, you know? Oh, geez, dude. I'm just imagining a scenario where it like thinks it has you cornered. It's like, I actually brought some friends like, huh? <laughs> it's like that picture where <laughs> that was yeah, a meme you know where I'm going yeah, dude. sitting on the couch all the guys behind yeah, exactly. the demon's like oh no oh no yeah, it's, it's people that, coming it's out that. of like <laughs> ceiling tiles and like from under the carpet yeah. and like it's everybody in the world that can see it just <gasps> oh, no. at once oh, little did you know we were following you we've been trying I... to get some of that even, I mean, jokes aside, 
the the demon obviously exudes strong masculine top energy what if what if you just go for it and you're like maybe you need some love let me let me give it to you who knows i don't know maybe that yeah. would work if you, if you open. yeah if you if you assume the top position and let let this demon go full power bottom for you like what would that do you know it would get it would get an atom demon that would follow it around <laughs> the ultimate 180 <laughs> the uno reverse card right back at you Bam. No, yeah this creature is just like the original simp somebody had sex with it once and it decided to follow that person <laughs> then that person had sex with somebody else and out of pure jealousy it decided to follow that person and kill them <laughs> yeah that's the real story of this that one down the origin story simp yeah. <laughs> speaking of would you did you guys know that like apparently I, I don't remember what studio released this but apparently the head of the studio has been saying since 2014 that he's like it follows two is definitely happening <laughs> like oh, he keeps great. saying that even though nobody involved in the movie wants to do a sequel like he just keeps oh, like gonna we're happen. gonna we're gonna do it it's like what <laughs> why <laughs> leave it alone man. Oh, man that's that's all i had to say about that but isn't that wild I like that. That is funny. Just going around the office, everybody's like, oh, yeah, here he goes again. It Follows 2 is going to happen. Yeah, I keep telling yourself that, man. Taking meetings with writers all over town. The writer's pitching an original project, and he goes, shut up, I don't care. Listen, I need to talk to you about It Follows Mm -hmm. 2. Revenge of the Simp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, man. So, um, as far as characters, was there anything else you felt like we wanted to go over? Anything that anybody wanted to contribute in addition? Oh, you know what? One final thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, one, I feel like we have to acknowledge these characters are pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole, like, Scooby-Doo plan at the end with the pool and, like, oh, yeah. the electronics... And they're just like trusting Jay will get out in time because, you know, it's not like electricity travels all that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't even end up work because it like throws the things into the pool and the there's just not a lot, not enough electricity to actually do anything to her. So like and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, thank goodness it didn't work. I'm like, this was a very <laughs> not well thought out plan at all. And then we get to the section, my favorite section, which is Paul shooting at oh, thin my air and shooting Yara. <laughs> Yeah, right dude. Okay. Talk about surviving. Like, it's one thing if like only piece. Like, I, I remember I forgot that that happened at the end. So yeah. when I went into this movie to watch, and I'm like, well, the only really, really, the only way to be in danger is to have sex with somebody who has the demon. So like, I guess a good way to get out of this is just don't have sex with somebody who has the demon. Mm-hmm. But like Yara, as far as we know, is like as vert like as is probably totally incel that's what they don't reveal is that on her little clamshell computer she's strolling through reddit on the incel profiles getting all sorts of like radicalized uh but she's like full celibate like ain't no sex ever she still gets fucking shot at the end I know, just because she's, she's wrong place wrong time so like right. worth also, pointing there's that, out there's that shot where she's underwater and he's shooting 
at the ghost that's holding <laughs> on to her and the bullets are like going past her like the way the camera shows it i'm like dude's gonna shoot her in the head like again i saved you paul yeah he's the worst paul. i hate paul <laughs> paul fully kills her and the only regret he feels is the regret of not having sexted her before <laughs> not having sexed her before he shot her in the face right also not how bullets underwater work just no. worth pointing out yeah but, and know. also the fact that he gets a second headshot underwater i'm like what is this guy a navy seal what are we talking about here freaking paul what we don't realize about paul is he is like a perfect marksman which is how he gets two headshots in a row he just really had it had something against yara and needed her to suffer Oh no, I can't see the, he can what see is the thing the here? whole time. <laughs> what is it? Over here? <laughs> oh no, kill shot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. That's hilarious. But yes. Good points. Very good points. It's good to be back, guys. This is really fun. Indeed. Indeed. Back at it again. All right. Now we're getting into our championship rounds. This is a really fun part of the podcast that we do. Um, is usually, you know, like in horror movies, you'll have somebody that almost makes it to the end and survives. They're like the last person to be killed. And then there's the person that survives the whole horror movie. So for the second to last person that gets killed, final boy. And then for the last person that survives the film, survives the whole thing, final girl status. So final boy status, and final girl status. So gentlemen, for final boy status, would you give it to yourself for this movie? So, like, what's what's the baseline we're establishing for ourselves here? Is the baseline, like, we definitely have had sex with somebody and now the demon is chasing us? Or, like, is there an option out there where we don't sleep with anybody? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think it's if you have the demon like on your on your trail i think that would be fair because otherwise yeah. it's just like you're irrelevant to the story yeah. it's like you got to be part of the nobody. movie a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> see i imagine i'm like the paul character where it's like i'm around i'm in the friend group um mm -hmm. but where i differ from paul is one i'm not as uncontrollably horny and two like i probably like I, I don't know. It's not even fair. Calling myself the Paul is not even fair. If I was in this friend group in high school, I wouldn't if I wouldn't still be talking to them at 19. Like yeah. what what do I care? Like I got stuff to do, you know? Right. I got like I'm doing this podcast. Like guys, I'm I'm so busy. <laughs> so busy. Don't have I don't time. Have, I'm, I'm, I don't have time. I'm bigger to... than this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sex demon, what is the small town problems? Not guys, I go to audition. Guys, I go to auditions and they go, Oh my gosh, you're from Final Boy Status. Like, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time to hang out in your garage and play old maid. Okay. Ooh, old maid is fun though. I gotta say, that's a good game. <laughs> I'm bringing that up. No chance like... in this movie, man. Oh no, that's <laughs> for real what they're playing. Um, when they're like on the porch playing cards, they're playing oh, old maid. Realize that that's funny. Um, yeah, it's like it's so if I'm treating it like genuinely from my point of view, like I don't get caught up in the plot of this movie at all. Sure. Uh, 
because yeah i don't have sex with people people are too sticky like that's a good point it's i don't have time for it i i would much i would much rather pine after somebody like from afar you know like i start writing letters to a person we write letters back and forth we fall madly in love but we never touch at a lake house first of all shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i don't know where that came from i didn't mean it i love you it was Um, amazing that was a a no and (laughs) (laughs) no and i'm continuing to talk um no i think my yeah my ideal relationship is like keanu reeves and sandra bullock sandra bullock from the lake house i would like to write letters and fall deeply passionately in love with you and I would also like to never touch you. Um, ladies, hit me up. Um, if I put myself in this movie and like I have the demon, I'll give myself final boy status because I'm not going to take it lying down. I do feel like I might get to a point eventually where I'm like, fine. <laughs> I guess it's time to go. But like, yeah, like I, I, it wouldn't happen right away. Like I have stuff I want to do, you know? Yeah. You know, I've I've never been to like a three doors down concert, so dude, you gotta go. I gotta check stuff off the bucket list, you know, before I you know, I gotta finally watch how to lose a guy in ten days. Like I, I gotta just work down my list and before I before I let that thing catch up to me. So, you mm-hmm. know, I'm gonna go live my life and let it chase after me for a while, try to stay ahead. There you go. So yeah, final boy status for me. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Very nice. Mr. Adam, what do you think? I'm also going to give myself final boy status. Um, like Luke said, I'm not going to add too much to it because it's eloquent and beautiful. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to roll over. I I've got the sex demon, and I'm I'm going to deal with it. I'm I'm I, I am a top, so I I've got to I've got to yeah, live life that way. Yeah, boy. you think he's going to take this lying down? No, <laughs> I'm going to take standing this. up. Standing up doggy style, just rough. <laughs> Wait, whoa! <laughs> Bending the entity over a table. <laughs> Welcome I'm to my house, Grandma. Shades on this guy. Daddy's home. <laughs> oh my gosh! Just it's like that thing, Lanson, like your brother used to do with like that foam bat, where he got just like that horrible sound out of it, like. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Oh, so what about yes. you, Lanson? Okay, sorry. I <laughs> I was laughing too hard. I didn't even realize that you had said uh, final boy status. That you would give that to yourself. So good for you. I'm getting lightheaded um, here. So much laughing. Whew! I'm getting lightheaded, guys. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give myself final boy status. You know, I I feel like I'm not just gonna wait for that to happen to me so i'll just i don't know drive somewhere farish away and just kind of continue to live my life all right so now that we've gotten that out of the way for the championship belt for the title of the final girl would you guys give yourself final girl status and if so how or if not how This is such a fascinating question because like we have to we have to decide for ourselves like what does final girl status look like in a universe where you are always being chased like mm-hmm. 
best case scenario, you die of natural causes before it gets to you. Or like, you know, when it finally catches up to you, it's like on your terms, like you're ready to go out, you know? I feel like, because like, And, like, in most movies, like a Friday the 13th, it's clear, like, what surviving means, right? You leave Camp Crystal Lake, you get to live the rest of your life and die of natural causes. This is much more ambiguous, right? Um, so I guess, like, if Final Girl status is just you get to go out on your terms, you know? Um, Not influenced by the fear or the pressure by the... the so I, I would say the girl at the beginning who just kind of lets it kill her. I would say that's not final girl status, but kind of like you said, either you reach the end of your life and let it, it, it kill you or natural causes, or you're ready to go, but not influenced by the fear and the pressure of it. Yeah. Like, and you know, I feel like I've alluded to it a couple times, but like, the director straight up said that this whole movie is like a metaphor for like the inevitability of death and like the anxiety and depression that that can cause you. And like, that's already something that weighs on me. Like, <laughs> so I feel like in terms of like living your life and living above the fear and meeting it on your terms, this is getting weirdly sentimental, which is interesting because earlier Mine we were talking won't be, about so don't yeah. worry audience <laughs> it. it's interesting to be sentimental when earlier i was talking about how the scooby gang has seen each other's butts but um i i think like the best case scenario for this is you rise above the fear and the anxiety and the depression of knowing that your death is an inevitability and you still do something beautiful with your life and i think like I said, in the way that the movie supposedly puts some optimism in the relationship between Jay and Paul, I think that's a little bit of what the end of the movie is saying is like you find love and you find ways to sort of push away that fear, that existential dread and like enjoy your life and live above it. So like, no, I don't get final girl status in this. I'm just miserable until I... De- no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> all of this, like, really nice meandering and, like, solo- the soliloquy I'm on ends with just brutal, like, close but no cigar for me, guys. Um, no, I think... Yeah, I-, I think I'm smart enough to stay just a little bit ahead of it. And hopefully overcome like the fear and anxiety of it enough to live a good life and enjoy myself and, you know, maybe potentially die of old age or natural causes before it catches up to me. Or maybe, yeah, I just meet it on my terms and I get to have a moment where I say like, you know, I, I had a good life and it's time to be done now. So I'll give myself final girl status, just like trying to stay one step ahead of the thing and, I think if anything, there's like a freedom in like feeling like death is imminent where it's like, if you live every day, like it might be your last, that could be a life worth living. I'm sentimental enough to believe that. So 
maybe with this thing on my tail, I end up living a really good life. I see the world. I experience a lot of different things. I mean, I stop having sex, obviously, because like that's just mean, you know. Um, but that's okay. I'm writing letters to Sandra Bullock, so I think that's my take on it. I think my victory against this thing is that I don't pass it on, but I still see the world and live a life where I do things that feel meaningful. That'll be my victory. Nice. I like it. Very nice. Mr. Adam, would you give yourself final boys, final girl status? Excuse me. I would. Ooh, do tell. I call it my scientist friend. Okay. Who I, who's a real person that I have in real life. Yeah. And I, uh, he, he's, he's, is specifically in the, in the nuclear science division of science. And he <laughs> builds me a nuclear powered, uh, jazzy scooter. And I ride that scooter at a good six miles per hour, uh, all around my town. And I don't leave the town. And I don't stop driving that scooter the whole entire time. The thing is always five feet behind me, but I've got enough speed that I, it never catches up. (laughs) Just a nuclear bomb on this little rinky dinky scooter in this low little baby. And once I'm ready to go, like Luke said, I'm like, wow, I have seen a lot of this town. I have had a lot of great experiences. I flip, I flip the button, the big red button at the top, and I go nuclear, baby. Oh. Take the monster and the entire town oh, with you. Exactly. That's so how I win. So eventually, eventually you get to a point where, like, I've seen enough of this town. It's time to, it's time for this town to cease existing. I just love how that's like the capstone of your life. I've seen enough of this town. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Their Wendy's is pretty all right. <laughs> Nothing to write home about. <laughs> Walmart could be bigger. <laughs> Their oh, garden man. section is not not the greatest. You do yeah. not have a wide selection of potted plants. I am disappointed. I'd have to go to the next town over to see any decent concerts. So. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Goodness. That Windows thing got me so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Sorry. Both of you guys. Uh, I love spending time with my fans. Oh, goodness. <sighs> okay. So, uh, big surprise. I'm giving myself final girl status. How does he do it every time? How does he do it? How, how does it happen? Un- unstoppable. This guy takes the title every time. Oh man, what can I say? I'm 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 uncharted. Uh, anyway. Uh so there's one of two ways that I do this. I can imagine me being a good person and me just being a total dirtbag. So let's go with the dirtbag answer first. Great. So I find out about this from Hugh. Um, and I just start like I'm putting up Wilt Chamberlain levels of debauchery of just sexual partners that I'm just spreading this far and wide. Like I'm, you know, I'm staying far enough ahead that this thing doesn't catch up to me, but I'm like going in a new city in a 
in a new day, you know, every single day is a new, new partner, new city, just absolutely spreading this thing. So I, I kind of have like, I don't know, hundreds of people of insurance of like, you know, if it kills one person, it goes the next and the next and the next. So I have, I buy myself some time till I'm like an old man that's dying of getting his brain eaten by syphilis. And then, you know, <laughs> at that point, the thing won't even want me. It's just like, I, <laughs> This was the payoff. So many years of walking and killing other people just to get to you. That's right, baby doll. <laughs> oh. And then I, I kill myself. This actually is an interesting rule that we never, like, we never even got near the subject. But yeah, is it like you can only pass it to one person, or can oh. you have sex with a bunch of people and know. pass it to everyone? Like, know. is it just like a straight one to one chain? Well, like I have sex with a person now it's on them. So like if I go have sex with another person that doesn't do anything like that's a great question. Yeah. If the, if the friend group had an orgy, they all be able to see it. Yeah. If they went saying. full Stephen King's it in the yeah, sewer, just took turns. You know what? I'm going to find out boys. In this reality. <laughs> okay. On this reality show that you pitched to MTV. It follows. What's up, my dude? Featuring Lance and Lappin. MTV trying... was not into it. Peacock is interested. Ooh, all right. And it's already yeah, on Showtime. Yeah, <laughs> What's up, guys? Just trying to find, well, not love, but someone to pass this off to. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's like the dirtbag answer. I think the, the good guy answer, I don't want to say good guy, but the nice person answer. Well, I'm a nice guy. Hey, I'm a nice guy. Hey, I'm a nice guy. Um, but yeah, so I end up becoming an astronaut. I buy myself enough time to become an astronaut. I get on a spaceship, <laughs> whether it's Bezos, whether it's Musk, whether it's NASA, I don't care. I'm just trying to get on a spaceship. So I get on a rocket, but I make sure, you know, that I get this this entity onto the rocket as well. And then once we're in orbit, I full on alien this thing and i just shoot it into the freaking <laughs> void of space and i'm like what are you gonna do now and then i go home a conquering hero having seen space having seen mars and i win and that thing it's not gonna be able to walk it's not gonna be able to move can it survive space i don't think so if it can get slowed down by bullets so you know just what drifting. mr director you didn't think of everything just drifting out in the void <laughs> exactly <laughs> going backwards <laughs> that is actually genius i've never even incredible yeah so you know what yeah yes i will become an astronaut years of dedicating my life just to do that you know and also being an astronaut of course seeing space is good too but also getting rid of a sex demon is is my number one priority at the if academy you kill two birds with one stone you know yeah it's fascinating that you and I went opposite directions. I was like, we bury this thing in like layers and layers and layers of concrete. You were like, no, Shoot we need the void. <laughs> you can't get out there, bro. Ain't no gravity out there, brother. <laughs> Make it question its existence. It's like, I need to rethink my life. Maybe if I had spent more energy actually developing myself as an entity rather than just chasing <laughs> people in a better way, maybe I could have made something of myself. <laughs> I could have built a rocket to come back instead of relying on rocks through windows. <laughs> exactly. Maybe I could have been the still. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, 
We've done it again, boys. That is another episode of Final Boy Status. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad that we're back. Um, you know, as we're getting into our shout-outs and our plugs and stuff that's going on, I'm just going to plug this show. Uh, you know, I have no shame. Final Boy Status, it's a great podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. You know, it's on Spotify. Wherever you find your podcasts, we're there. Also, YouTube, look us up. Final Boy Status. And that is that is my shout out for the night. What about you, gentlemen? I don't have a lot going on. I'm also in this podcast. That's great. Essential. He's essential. He's the glue. He's the the face. <laughs> the money maker. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I don't I got my fingers in some pies. I, I don't know that anything is at a stage where it can be announced. It's hard too, because not everything is something where I'm like a creative force behind it. And that's always a weird game to play, right? Like when mm-hmm. somebody invites you to join up on a project and you're like, at what point in time do I start talking about that? Right. Uh, so I will just plug my social meds as usual it's good a good way to keep up with me and figure out what i'm up to in real time is just to follow me on twitter i'm at luke howiter l-u-k-e-h-a-u-e-t-e-r yeah follow me there if i'm up to something i'll be sure to tweet about it nice well thank you guys for listening we are excited to be back um yeah we'll see you next time everybody take care